This episode of Poetic Properties with Complex is brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Saying that this week was hard is a is an understatement. Um, I barely made it through graduation like that. My anxiety was so high because the space was so packed. So I, you know, I grabbed a chair and moved all the way to the back, expecting no one to to come back there. But then people started coming back there. So. I was sweating like it was it was crazy. Um, I was like one of maybe three people who had a mask on. Like I was struggling mentally, but it was my baby's graduation. So, you know, I had to do what I had to do as a parent to make sure that I remained focused. And I had made up in my mind that. I wasn't going to ruin the day with my anxiety. And that I was going to do my best to make it the best day. Excuse me. Uh, do my best to make it the best day that I possibly could for him. So I sucked it up and um, we got through it. We got through it. Um, as far as the graduation went, everything was smooth. But then it was like, you know how they want to take pictures. And um, instead of setting up outside, they had the uh, the balloon centerpiece type thing set up on the inside. So everybody's just walking around and it's just all I see is just germs, just not literally, but in my mind, because I had COVID around this same time last year. And that was like one of the hardest months that I had um, had to deal with. I was down 35 days total, I believe. Um, and it was about seven days of me not knowing that I had it and the rest of me feeling like I was about to die. So I really take it seriously when I'm in these, in these spaces, I really try not to go anywhere at all. Um, but I get it. They don't want the kids, you know, to to feel left out and not have their graduation or their promotion from eighth grade that they all worked for. Um, I was able to keep it together for the most part. Um, like I didn't explode outwardly, but like when I say I was exhausted from trying to keep it together, fam, like it was crazy. But Twin got to take all the pictures he wanted. I didn't rush him. Um. I didn't complain or anything like that. I made sure that, you know, he felt comfortable in, you know, taking the pictures and stuff like that. And then, you know, they went to the arcade and stuff. So I was very, very um, excited about that, that I was able to get through it. But I was sweating. When I tell you, like, I had the fat man mist on the forehead uh, under my my titties. Like, it was it was crazy. But that was my baby. That's my baby. Uh, work was work went by actually pretty quickly this week. Um, it was a workers work, workers work. Y'all y'all know where I stand on being at that place and the field that I'm in is just it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. Also, 
this week, my oldest got his first, well, his second job. He owns his art company. So um, I guess you, well, no, I guess you can't classify that as a job. He got an actual job at the local market. Super duper proud of him. Super proud. Um, one, because he don't have to work, right? He, I mean, he don't have to. I never told him he have to, had to. I never put him in a position to feel like he had to. But he wanted to do this. He wanted to do it by himself. Um, and he did. And he got him a job. And I'm super proud of him. I'm super proud of them both for experiencing what they have so far and being able to still accomplish the things that they want to accomplish. Their their struggle is not is not like the struggle that I had coming up, but it's still a struggle, I say, um, in their own way. Like Junior was very, very sickly. He's like he's a bubble boy, but for him to be able to still, um, to grow up and still want to, to do what he needs to do, still want to succeed in life, not use his sicknesses as uh, crutches to, to try to help him move forward, but to stand strong and get through it. Like that makes me so proud. So like, I can't even, I can't even explain how excited I am for both of them um, to be able to to do the things that they do. You know, twin um, having his compulsive ADHD life that he had and, you know, constantly, you know, not being understood by uh, by outsiders um, and and people who don't think ADHD is real. It, that was a difficult thing, you know, and I advocate for my baby at all at all costs with anybody. So just proud, just proud, just was was going in and um, having a, a pretty OK week. And then I'm sitting at work and I see um, I see that there has um, been a mass shooting. And mind you, there was just a mass shooting, I think, two weeks ago. And immediately got sad. Immediately. Like, I was already trying to wrap my... Like, every time there's a mass shooting or shooting in general, I really just be trying to wrap my head around, like, like what's going on? Like, what... Like, like what what in your mind like allowed you to to think that that was okay or what what pushed you to that point or or whatever and i and it's and it's a frustrating thing and i remember i remember being a a a, a helicopter parent right and i was like i was on it I didn't want the babies to be hurt. I didn't want, like, I didn't want anything. So I'm like, where you at? What you doing? How you doing it? I'm at every single thing that I could possibly be at. I'm watching everything, you know. Of course, kids have accidents and things happen and and all of that. And people were 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 bugging, like, oh, you're overprotective of this. You're overprotective of that. And I was, but I, I I was overprotective in an unhealthy way because of things that I went through and things that I refused to allow my kids to go through. Right. 
Um, but it's a way to be, you know, it's a way to be overprotective without it being um, overbearing. It's a way to be protective in a way that the kids know that you're there, but still allow them to have freedom to, you know, make the mistakes that that they need to make. And I think about that often. I think about, you know, how. I think about how um, the stigma of being a helicopter parent is is wrong, right? You know, you got to let them do this and you got to let them do that. And um, I'm very much a, a like for the kids, like they have massive freedom. They do. But I'm grateful for those days that I was a helicopter parent. Um, because they're they're here, right? The I'm trying to I'm 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 trying to word word it right. I'm trying to word it right in 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 not sound and not sound crazy. I've always been saddened by death. Always. After losing Kennedy or 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 before losing Kennedy, I was very sympathetic to to death, right? I grew up in a time where you had to be tough. You had to just understand that's just how life is. Um you had to move on, right? So grieving was not really an outwardly thing done unless you were actually at the funeral, right? So at the funeral, uh, especially in, in, in my culture and black culture, you know, that's where everybody acts up. Oh, Lord, why you take him? It should have been me, blah, 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 blah. And everybody's screaming, howling, crying, whatever. But after that, you got to be over it. Like once they, uh, uh, once they're in the ground, you can't like you can't outwardly show that you're still emotional. I don't know why that is. I don't know uh, if that's how it is in other cultures and stuff like that. But in the time that I grew up in, and then the people that I see around, it's kind of like, all right, they did. You you forget them, right? So I've always been because I, I've been I've been losing friends, associates, family since you know since I was young. Everybody everybody does. Um, and it affects you in a way to where you, you, you just hold it all in and you're dealing with all this, this, this death on the inside and you don't know what to do. You, you, you go so far in life with, um, with just having to hold it in. And when you get to the breaking point, you feel crazy. Right. And people are like, like, why are you tripping? That person died, you know, um, years ago or that, you know, it was 20 years. It was 10. It was five. That person did that. And it's like, I never, I, I never dealt with it because I couldn't, I wasn't taught to, you gotta be tough. In the era that I grew up in, not just me, but other people, you can't, it, it, you you couldn't be crying. You couldn't be like, it, like I remember being hurt in football and, 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 you know, they'll say, suck that shit up. You a man, right? You a man, right? And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm a boy, but you, nobody teaching me. So, all right, I'm not, I'm not hurt. 
I could be bleeding right. I, I'm not hurt. It don't hurt. Because that's what you have to do. Right. And I've always felt the way about, you know, people dying. But who is there to talk to, really? When everybody feels like you you have to be over it, you can't remember that you can't remember the good times, you can't remember the bad times. Like you just have to be like they did and 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 keep going. And um, I always been sympathetic to that. After losing Kennedy, I'm empathetic because now I know how it feels. Like before you go through something like that, you can only speculate. And for me, it's like. I've lost a grandfather figure. I lost a father figure. I've lost close friends. I lost um, my like my I've been close with my friends that lost people and their family members passing has affected me. Like I've been in all of those type of situations and never really understood it for real. I always say I'm 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 sad for the people who are left are left behind. Kennedy losing Kennedy holding her cold body in my arms. It was like the matrix and so many things were opened up to me uh mentally, emotion, um fear, uh strength, like it was just so much stuff that opened up to me in that moment that I held my baby um as she was dead in my arms. And that was after me not not ever getting to know her, not ever creating a memory, not ever seeing her walk, hear her talk. None of that. Right. Reading this article and I uh, I see that. Um, at first I said it was, you know, it was only it was a, it was a kid and a student that was injured. Right. And then maybe hour, two hours later, they're saying, you know, 19 kids um, were killed. And y'all know I don't I don't I don't get into politics. I don't get into religion. I don't I don't. That's not that's not what this podcast is for. As a father who has lost a child to death. With no with no uh um like i said i didn't i didn't get a chance to create memories i didn't i didn't get that opportunity i believe these kids were 9 10 11 years old and that's 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 10 years straight of you waking your kid up and going to school uh you loving on your kid you kissing your kid your kid giving you kisses the laughs the joy um that you won't get back. And we're already at an emotional deficit, just decade after decade after decade of be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong, and not ever really dealing with it. So, you know, we already don't know how to deal with the with the emotions. And then now we have to we're we're faced with this this tragedy and we're supposed to know how to cope. And we're supposed to know how to deal. We're supposed to be able to go back to work in a couple of days. And we're supposed to be able to, to, to live life normal after experiencing such trauma. And at some point, we got we to gotta change that. And so I'm going through this week and it's, it's hectic for me because all I can think about 
is these babies did they didn't have a chance. In their mind, they were in their like, we're about to go crazy in the summer for summer vacation. I'm certain parents had things planned for their kids or even if they didn't, just the idea like like I thought about the days where I couldn't wait for the last day of school um, to start football practice, to go swim at my grandma's house, to just be hanging, you know, with my friends when I could. Like, I just I, I think about that. I remember at that age when, you know, when we, we played football almost every day, but in the summer, we would play football on the street, then go to football practice. Like, we was just, that's just what we did. We played outside, we rode bikes, we rode skateboards, ding dong ditch, free fall. Like, we, that's what we did. And these kids never get to do that again. And everybody is supposed to be okay with that. Everybody is supposed to be fine with these shootings continuing on, um, the elderly uh, being harmed, the 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 children being harmed, and we're supposed to go on with our day. And as I'm going through this week, I'm reminded when when um, I told my brother that my daughter had died. And that she didn't make it. And he's like, Pina, you know, the way the world is, is just a number. Because I was telling him, like, you know, I, I can't fathom how this process, how this process works. I'm not saying that the people were rude to me or anything like that. But to have to, like, to have to deal with that on a daily basis and still be able to, to, be out there laughing and, and living your life. And because, again, I'm not their relative. I'm They don't know me. I understand that. Whatever. But I'm hearing laughs while, you know, I'm, my, my baby lay here dead. I'm, I'm hearing jokes and stuff like that. And, you know, my brother, like, really brought it to, to reality for me that people are just a number. And when that number expires, you're supposed to just move on. And that's the reality that the world wants you to to live by. And you're looked at a certain way if you can't move on. And relationships are are tarnished and broken because people don't understand how you can't move on. I've moved on so much and. Like I've like I always say, losing Kennedy taught me the value of time. They always say time is free, but time is the only thing you don't get back. I'm devastated that this has happened yet again. But the pain is different because I don't wish this on my worst enemy. I don't even know how to fully explain how I feel about really like like the little bit of explanation that I'm able to give out is not even one percent of how I truly feel. It's not even one percent of the things that I deal with on a daily basis. 
hearing a child cry sends me over like like if anybody who listens to this who um is a parent especially um a woman right and then for guys who who are involved with the mother of their kids and have multiple kids you know how when um in that first couple months that a baby cries and for breastfeeding for breastfeeding mothers, they start leaking milk. It is the natural uh, response to a baby crying. Right. They can't help it. It doesn't matter what they're doing. They could be out at a fancy dinner. They could be out in the movies. They could hear a baby cry in a movie on a TV show. If it's long enough and loud enough, they are going to their natural instinct. Or their body responds naturally with producing milk. That unknown outburst, that natural outburst to nurture, uh, to make feel better that the body does. The, the, the mother is, is chilling. The mother is minding her business. The mother could be asleep and hear, hear a baby crying outside. That's the only way that I can explain the outburst of emotion and pain for me when I hear a baby cry. Because I'm like, oh, that. What if Kennedy cried like that? When I hear a baby giggle. What if Kennedy giggled like that? And so I'm thinking about these kids. I'm thinking about these parents. And it's, it's, it's making me struggle because. I know how I feel without being able to create a memory. And these parents created 10 years of memory. These parents got to look at these, these siblings of these kids and try to make it make sense to them. And I think about how I have to make it make sense to my kids about their sister. And I don't wish it on, on, anybody and for me I, I I'm, rem, I'm I'm putting my kids on equal emotional ground this emotional deficit that I had to grow up in because you had to be tough and you had to be strong and you had to be a man and you couldn't you know you couldn't be a sissy and, and anything emotional made you a sissy anything emotional made you a punk and it put me at an emotional deficit in how I deal with life and once I learned that emotions create a lot of negative and unnecessary responses, I try my best to reduce as much emotion as I can in a situation. And I teach my kids it is OK to be emotional. Because I'd rather you be emotional and deal with your uh, with your issue, with your pain, with your discomfort, than to hold it in and be at an emotional deficit to where now you just have this darkness inside of you that can't be cured. I know my kids are going to have certain issues. I know they're going to go through whatever they still have to go through to get to where they need to go. But I have to put them on an equal ground as much as I can. And this week it was it. it it haunted me that these kids have they have no life anymore. I remember it was well known, you know, uh, when I was younger. When I leave my kid with you, 
I expect you, meaning the school, to protect my kid like the kid is your your own. They were serious about that. Like when you went to school back then, like it was well known. Hey, you, I got my kid to you safely. It is your responsibility to make sure my kid gets to me safely. And we 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 have become a world where that's no longer true. How many times do do parents have to experience child death before we start trying to figure it out? How many uh, elders that have no strength and and they 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 don't have a worry in the world because they they've been through so much already? How much do how, how much death do we have to go through before we start trying to figure it out? I've been sitting all week, like really trying to to fathom, like how. And I'm transported back to when I was a child and people were dying. And just seemingly seemingly was over it. This entire country is at an emotional deficit from decades and centuries and eons of trauma. And at some point, somebody has to get tired enough. Enough people have to get tired enough for there to be some type of change in what's going on. If you are not a parent of a, uh, of a child who has passed... You get to live life regular. You get to look at it from the outside and you get to 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 say, man, that's crazy. And then you get to go hug your kids and you get to go hug your your nieces and your nephews and you get to do you. The parent doesn't. I do my therapy, I do the podcast, I do my meditation, I try to be present for for my kids that are living, but something's missing. I'm equaling out my emotions, though. I had to do it myself. I had to do it myself. The first time I went to therapy, was I, I did it as an adult. Everything was pray about it. Everything was, you know, talk to somebody at church. Everything, everything was about the church and it didn't help. It didn't. And so. My mind is my mind is different as it results to that. My mind is different as it results to how to handle my kids emotions. My mind is different on how to uh, handle it if they act out or the things that is different because I got to see what's wrong with you for real. I tell my kids, you don't have to be tough. I don't care. You don't have to be you don't. nobody has to think that you are tough. Nobody has to be afraid of you. None of that. I don't care about none of that. What I care about is, is your mental right, is your emotions right. What I care about is how do you feel in this situation? 
as a result of my kids feeling at peace and feeling comfortable, I don't care who it is. The moment that they are discomforted the, is the moment that all that shit over. This week was hard for me. Because I have to figure out now. Like, I, I'm not the this could never happen to me parent. I've never been that parent. I've never been that type of person that feels like that thing that happened on the news or that thing that happened to this family in the neighborhood or that thing that happened at some, I, I'm never that person that says that can't happen to me because it can happen to anybody. So now I'm battling with my kids attend school. I live in a state where guns are accessible I've had experiences here already where I called upon the police in assistance and they basically told me, nah. But I'm supposed to be okay with that. And I'm supposed to tell my kids, hey, don't worry about it. It'll be okay. This will never. No, no more emotional deficit. No more mental deficit. No, none. No. It's so much going on in the world that we oh kids got to kids got to stay in their place and, you know, yada, yada, whatever. And these kids staying in their places, getting them killed. School is their place. Now what? Parks, their place. Now what? Movie theaters, church, their place. Now what? At what point do we allow our kids to feel scared about certain things, about going to to certain places, about feeling that there is not enough protection? At what point do we listen to these kids? I'm not about. I've already been for for years the type of parent I'm going I'm listening to my kid. If they feel away and you made them feel away, nothing after that matters. If they disrespected you, of course, I'm a hand with that. But nah, it's done. Relationship over. I want them to know that no matter what they protected, not on no fighting shit. Of course, everybody, I can, anybody could do that. If somebody mess with you, I'll knock them out. Okay, well, my mental is fucked up. Now what? You are part of the reason why I'm broken. Now what? I tell my kid, like the, the other day I was messing with them. The other day I was messing with them. And um, I don't know if Keanu had said something or, or, or Junior. But I was like, nah, bro, I'm perfect. I did not. I, I never did that to y'all. I did, like, and I was just messing around, and it went from joking. Like, I thought I sounded like I was joking, but it went from joking to them like that. Like, I right, don't, don't, don't push it. Don't, don't make this into a thing. That's how serious that it is in my household. About nah, we gonna feel what we feel. 
Because what that does is that allows me to like I don't have to deal with the the kid secrets that a lot of parents have to deal with, right? I don't have to deal with that because they tell me. One way or another, they they tell me whether it come out in us joking and, and talking around or genuinely them just coming up like, get Dad, guess what happened? Keanu has no filter, so he just he always tells me on accident. When his when he is cycling, is when I get the most of my information from him. And what I mean by cycling is when he is in his moment of I think it's called stimming. I, I guess he just talked. And I have to tell him, hey, son, you, you, I don't think that's what you wanted to say to me. And then he'll just look like, all right. But that's because I don't want them at an emotional deficit. I don't want them to feel like if they tell me something, I'm not going to look into it. I'm not going to help them try to figure it out. I don't, wanna, uh, I don't want them to feel that if they're going through something mentally and they feel a way, whether it's girls, whether it's um, bullies, whether it's school teachers, whatever, I'm here. Let's figure out a way that you can be a positive influence on the issue, but also get out how you feel. And if it's something that you feel is overwhelming and you've given your best and you can't tolerate it or do it no more. All right, bet. I allow them to, if they bust out crying, you know, missing their sister. I'm not going to tell them to shut up. I'm not going to press them. Yo, what's wrong? Yeah. Uh, last year, Kingston's birthday. It sucks. His birthday is December 18th. Kennedy's birthday is December 24th. Her passing day, unfortunately, December 24th. Immediately crying. Everything was fine. He was holding it together, ate, laughing, time to sit down, time to make a wish. What his wish was, I don't know. What it had to deal with, what I do know, it had to do with his sister. Immediately start crying. I didn't, hey, stop crying. Uh, she already passed away. I, hey, she, it's over. Shut the shit down. He, he not feeling this no more. Because he missed his sister. And the sad part about it is, and I don't even know if I would have wanted them to, like, I'm at a 50-50. They never, they didn't get to see her live, like, in the flesh, her body. I, I, I went across country by myself. So they have the memories of, of the pictures. They have memories of, of, of what, I, what I said to them. They have memories of what, what their mother said to them. And I'm looking at all these parents and uh, and all these people that want you to, oh, you got to whoop them if they get out of line. Oh, you got to keep them in place. The kids, we're putting these kids at a deficit. We're removing these kids from reality. We've been through this ourselves and we know how it feels, yet instead of having the courage to allow these kids to see the world for what it is, we still keep trying to blind them because in our minds, we feel like that's the best option. 
we have real time data that that's that wasn't it. We are the data. I can tell you right now. One of the worst things in our culture is a kid should stay in a kid place. That is one of the worst things. And what, and I'm not talking about when y'all, you know, drinking and, and doing that. I'm talking about as a result to the family stuff. I get it. You don't want them talking because they had their mind isn't fully developed enough to to give a, a viable uh, opinion. But how do you get them there? If they're never allowed to listen to what's going on in the family. How do you get them there if you going through it behind closed doors and they're oblivious and now they think everything is cool and then boom, you're divorced? How do you how do they process death if every time somebody die, you just tell them Bible scriptures? You, oh, they're OK. They're in heaven. How? How you know? How you know? How you know? My mind is 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 racing. I cannot believe that not only not 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 like these kids died in pain. You feel me? Like these kids were shot. I get emotional when my kids fall on the ground. I get emotional if my kids get hit with a ball wrong. My kids will have colds or, or, or when Keanu had COVID, I'm over here like, I wish you, like, give that to me. Give their pain to me because I could deal with it. I can imagine my kid being shot. I can't imagine, uh, uh, I can't imagine having to deal with, with the beginning and end of that situation, of that thought. I send my kids to school to learn, to have fun, get ready for summer. We about to go, we about to go crazy, have fun, yada, yada, whatever. My kid got shot. My kid is no longer here. These are things that you 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 have to you you have to process because next week, two weeks, three weeks, instead of talking about these kids, instead of really worrying about if these parents are okay, we're gonna be talking about the next thing that happened in the world. While those parents are still grieving. It's been almost three years. I'm still grieving. I don't know when it's going to stop. I'm still grieving. It still hurts. I still love her. I still miss her. I still want her here. I know she's not coming back. And I still. That's the process. Those parents didn't. Their minds were not. Prepared. To lose their children. And at some point. We as a whole have to understand. That. There is a different way. And we have to get to that way. We have to be able to. To stop this. Like I'm. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm. I am. Like. Oh I'm. I am like. Exhausted is an understatement. Of how I feel. 
I feel like every day I'm grieving something. Every day I'm grieving another loss, another ounce of sadness. I'm tired. At some point, enough of us have to be tired to where there has to be some type of of change or something that we could do to 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 help this. Like this stuff is it's it's always done to children. It's always done to elderly. It's always done by surprise. It's never done to to in spaces where people are on guard and ready for this type of stuff. It's always done from ignorance. It's always done from malice. It's always done from hatred. And no one cares. Not enough people care enough or or not enough people who have the power to help change this care because there's money behind it. All this publicity of any kind, like think about this. How often do you cut the TV on and see things about peace? Even our comedy shows deal with tragedy. And by definition, it's comedy. It's supposed to be stuff that'll make you laugh. But because the world is the way that it is for, for, for centuries, there's always tragedy in comedy. Our cartoons are filled with tragedy. But they add in funny noises and funny graphics and, and cool animation and the kids don't even realize what's what's happening. There's so many shows that I remember watching when I was little and um, you, you, you die on the on the cartoon. But, you know, you you come back because it's a cartoon and then you have a devil, you have an angel on your shoulder and. We think nothing of it. We just laugh. It's funny. Ha ha. But for centuries, this has been happening. For decades, we've just been desensitized to what death is, whether it be on TV and movies, uh, on video games. We've been desensitized. Right. So that when it happens in real life now. Oh, that person did that because they played a video game that person did that because uh, uh, they saw it in a cartoon or or whatever. And my thing is, I saw all of that. And now one time did my mind say to do that. But we're so desensitized to it that, again, everybody's everybody right now, is ho- it's a holiday weekend. Like I, I can I can pick up my phone right now and that probably is not even a topic of discussion um 
right now. No more birthdays, no more holidays, no more Christmases, no more anything. And I honestly just, I don't know, I don't even know how to, how to feel about it other than pain, other than anger, uh, like sending them kids to school should have been the, the, the safest idea of the day. Like it's, it's crazy. It's crazy how quickly they want us to forget. It's crazy. Um, how immediately, like, and, and just pay attention to certain things. It's like, oh, I'm going to sue this person. I'm going to sue that person. And it's like, your payment is not going to make me forget the death. It's not going to make it easier. People on the outside that 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 don't have kids or haven't lost a kid, of course, because at, at capitalism is the thing. Oh, I'm going to sue them. Oh, they need to be sued. And that person needs to be fired. Man, fuck all of that. I don't have my child anymore. I cannot breathe. I cannot sleep. I cannot. I don't. I have to go in, in, in and say that is my child that I sent to school this morning dead. I have to identify that. At some point, we all have to say, okay, enough of this emotional deficit. We have to get ourselves and we have to get our kids uh, aligned properly so that they are able to not only handle situations that might occur in their life, they will be able to emotionally and, and, and mentally express themselves in a way that can be understood and action can be taken to assist it. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of, of, of seeing what I'm seeing. I already, you know, for me, I limit my social media activity. I limit my live TV, um, watching because it's so much death and negativity and war and, uh, uh, racism and, uh, uh, misogynism and whatever, like all the isms. It's so much. And I see some people who speak out against it, but we can't fight evil with evil. I said, I think last week or the week before, I'm not going out of my way to be involved in something that doesn't involve me to be negative about it. I'm not going in. I'm not about to support violence. Um, I'm not about to support uh, violence towards something that doesn't like it, it don't apply to me. I'm an equal energy type person, though. I'm an equal whatever you give me, I'm a, I'm going to give you. But enough of us have to be willing to take that stand and be willing to give it. I'm serious about this mental health journey because a lot of uh, 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 a lot of times 
people be doing shit and oh maybe he was mentally ill or maybe he if if that's the case if you feel like everybody is mentally ill why is the idea of mental health only like it, it comes in trends why is it not a year round thing not is it why is it not something that is offered in school why why it, why can't i as an elementary student, why can't I come to someone and say, I feel like I'm having a bad day and someone give me genuine help instead of saying I'm just a kid and I'm just sad. Why is this not a free, a free thing? Why is this stuff so expensive? If mental health is really, really important, why isn't it, why isn't it free? Like everything in this fucking world, like money doesn't solve everything. I have depression, strong depression and very high anxiety. If I get a million dollars right now, become a millionaire, that doesn't change anything. I am just a millionaire with deep depression and high anxiety now. I can distract myself with whatever because I'm rich and 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 now I don't have to just focus on that. But a lot of times, even when like I have a bunch of money to do stuff and I'm doing it and it seems like I'm happy in reality, I'm like, dang, after I like after I'm done with this, I still have to go and think about that thing. No matter how happy I am, no matter what I do, no matter how much I laugh, no matter what, my daughter don't have a life. And have to deal with that. And I do deal with it daily. And because. Because as a kid. Nobody believed that depression was real. Or nobody thought that it was a good idea. For um, therapy for kids. Or whatever the reason why. Because of that. I was able to remove myself. From that emotional deficit. I'm able to sit with my kids. And make sure that they're aligned. With who they are in their emotions, in their mental state, in their physical state. Because I don't, I, I, I have to break that chain. I have, no matter what comes with it as a, uh, as backlash or disagreement from anybody, I have to be able to break that chain and allow my kids to feel what they need to feel. Because once we do that, their generation is going to be able to Stop trying to play catch up and they're going to no, we don't need this pain. We don't want this pain. Nope, this isn't normal to us. I feel like we're in this space as adults that death is so normal to us that no changes ever come. We all know the cycle, mass shooting, two weeks of coverage, fight over gun control, nothing. Politics, who has the most money to shut the issue up? We all know that. And that's not something that we can control. But what we can do is we can start like helping these kids understand the real right and wrong. 
stop sugarcoating and stop uh, saying, oh, well, you know, life is just what it is. You got to you got to just get through it the best way you can, but actually teach them what's going on. Enough of us have to be able to get to that point so that the change could come for real. See, it's different when 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 political people say, oh, change is going to come or yada, yada, whatever. And when people actually start doing stuff to make it change. They always say, oh, stop giving people money, stop doing this, stop doing that. And things things will change. But in reality, like. Why are we giving them money in the first place? Why are we supporting them in the first place it, we're in a we're in a place in this world where we have to choose from two evils and it comes down to who ha, who who puts up the best smoke and mirrors to where we're going to give our support to and what that does is that that keeps us in these deficits that we don't belong in i tell you all the time we are at uh at odds with each other and ourselves because we are in spaces that we don't belong in I don't care what no one says. Nobody is supposed to be extremely rich and nobody is supposed to be extremely poor. I believe that everybody was meant to have equal opportunities, um, equal ways to survive. But people are greedy. People say uh, uh, homeless people are lazy. They don't care about, you know, living. They just want to live free. And I feel like homeless people are um Homeless people are rich people that got tired of the politics. And they got tired of having to do unnecessary things to remain rich. I feel like homeless people are not like a lot of homeless people um, have given up on society, not themselves. And we look at them like something wrong with that when they they are really the rich people. Because they get to be who they choose to be at all times. I'm not talking about people who struggle with addiction. I'm not talking about, you know, people who um, were forced out. I'm talking about the people who you go out there and you tell, hey, I, I got a place for you. I got, no, I'm good. I've met people over my 39 years of life that they're like, no, 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 no. And I start thinking about it. The more you you remove yourself from. This show that we call life, the more you start to depend on your natural self and start believing in yourself. A lot of times, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Everything is a struggle. But I see more homeless people laughing than I do people at my job. I drive down the street and see more people laughing than people driving in cars. There is a sense of freedom with, with, with coming that it's a sense of freedom that comes with. This is my life. This is all that I have. And I'm comfortable with that, no matter how it looks to anybody else. I'm not trying to glorify being homeless. I'm not trying to be offensive at, at, at all. But I'm telling you what I've seen. 
yes, I, I, I've seen the flip side of people being homeless and, you know, they don't want to be homeless. And, you know, it's a struggle and it's a reason why, like, cost of living don't don't. Cost of living doesn't even exist. That's one of the things that just lets me know that no one really cares like people who 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 are super rich or in a position to be owners, they don't care. They just want the money. There's no moral reason why rent be so high, houses supply like full. There's no moral reason why any of that is so high. But we're not in a position to be able to change that other than owning things ourselves. Uh, uh, other than moving somewhere where um, we are valued, other than uh, offering something that will change the the world. And a lot of times, you know, when you are in a position to change the world, you're killed. If you don't play by their rules. And so it's important that we start teaching the next generation like uh, uh, Whitney said the children are our future we here now and it still ain't shit so we clearly didn't do something right we clearly didn't learn the lesson that we were supposed to learn to be the future clearly so I take it seriously that if not my kids maybe my grandkids They'll 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 experience greatness to the level that they want because of the seeds that I'm sowing now into my kids. Their perfection don't exist, but because I don't allow emotional and mental deficit in my house and we all got to figure it out and we help each other figure it out when they get to their kids, their their kids are going to finally be able to start at the starting point. That's my goal. I, I, I hope that I see a generation of my family be able to start at the starting point and I start 10, 20, 30, 40 yards behind everybody. My goal is to to put my kids or align my kids and, and, and hopefully them align my grandkids into into ownership, into um a space where they can just do what they want to do because they can. I tell them often, I don't want to be rich so that I could floss. I want to be rich because now that allows me time to do what I really want to do. That's it. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm trying to be able to afford life for the rest of my life and be able to pass that down and you have something for the rest of your life and continue to go on. I'm not trying to be rich. I'm not trying to be on billboards. I'm not trying to be um, on TV per se. My mission is to help who I can, how I can, in any, in any way that I can. My mission is to make sure that these kids are able to live a life that is free of deficit. This isn't normal to me. I don't care how many times I've, I've seen 
mass shootings. I don't care how many times I've seen schools shot up. I don't care. This isn't normal to me. I will never think that this is normal. I don't care how many building bombs, church bombs, church shootings, stores. Sh this is not normal. I cannot look at it as normal. I think about these things every single day. Yes, I understand I have bills to pay. I have kids to raise. I have things to do. I can't allow myself to forget. If we continue to forget these people who are, are killed. Are these kids are these the just people that are killed, that are harmed, that are raped, that are beaten, that are that are starved. Like if we continue to forget these things. Nothing will ever change. When I was in, the, in my emotional deficit, I used to be like, well, there's nothing I could do. It's not like, what can I do? And I used to just be silent, just in pain, just in confusion, no understanding of why, 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 why would this happen? And I was like, all right, you got to you got to you got to start telling your kids the real. You can't sugarcoat things. You can't leave them in the dark about what's going on in society. You, you, you have to be real with them because now they're openly killing kids. See, it's different when you hide it, you hide it in uh, fake history books and you hide it in movies. And it's an assumption of, dang, did they used to kill the kids, too? Then you see Trayvon. You see Tamir. I didn't hide that from the kids. I made sure that they was aware of those kids ages. I made sure that they were aware of what happened. I made sure that they were aware of how the justice system handled it, not for them to say fuck police and uh, and not for them to be against law enforcement, but them to be aware of what could happen at their age. It's important that they align. I'm not raising my kids to hate on anybody. I'm not raising them to hate police. I'm not raising them to hate white people. I'm not um, raising them to hate law enforcement, to hate school. To, I'm not, I don't get down like that. But I am telling them, hey, it's people out there that hate you just for being you. So be careful. Keep your head on a swivel. Understand everything. Pay attention. Fight if you have to. Run if you have to. Talk when necessary. But I make sure they are aware of this. I make sure that I'm not hiding that from them because by the time they have kids, I want them to be able to allow their kids to feel how they feel, believe what they believe and how they believe and help them process it. If my kids choose therapy, they go to therapy. We've, we've been here before. When me and a mom got a divorce, wasn't no sugar coating. It wasn't a, this what happened. This why. 
When her sister died, they got the explanation that the doctor gave me. I didn't leave it. Oh, things just happened. Nah, this is what happened. When I got strength enough to open the box of, uh, of the pictures that they took of her dead body. Hey, if y'all want to see it, let me know. The world is real. When them kids go on the outside of this door, when your family goes on the outside of your house, it's not safe. And it's okay. We have to tell them that. Don't go looking for trouble, but be prepared to have to deal with it. Don't go judging people by their skin color, by how they're, don't go do that, but pay attention. These secrets is what's killing us. These ideas that kids have an opportunity to be kids. It's killing us. I've been saying for years, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising human beings. The reason why I start saying that is because all of the mass shootings, because of what I uh, start seeing kids going through. You know how many kids that have been harmed and their family don't believe them? Because they just believe the adult. You know how many kids are silent because they're, they've been in, in, in smaller situations and they were telling the truth, but the adult said that they were lying and so now they're the liar. And so now they don't say anything. You know how many kids who are living, you know how many people in general who are living in fear because in a moment where they needed support, they were they were shunned. At some point, we got to change that. If anybody is listening to this podcast, who is that person? You got to change that. You got to make amends with yourself first and then you got to you, you got to you. You got to change it. All we don't have the we we don't have the money that it takes to do what what needs to be done. They're never going to change because there's not enough of us with the amount of money that it takes to to change what needs to be changed. So the next best thing is we start teaching our kids reality. I'm not saying take away their 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 childhood. I'm not saying, you know, put them in 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 like a child soldier type thing. But what I am saying is kind of. We're going to spend as much time on the recreational as learning to defend ourselves. We're going to spend as much time as on the creative as we spend on learning laws and learning how to speak, uh, speak in a way to where we can be understood. We're going to we're going to spend as much time on video games as we spend on being able to understand uh, body language, when to react, when to strike first, when to retreat. Because at some point it's, it's going to change. If enough of us teach our kids, if, if enough of us erase that deficit that our kids is in, that we were in, if enough of us do it, 
Change is going to come. I think that we've been going about it wrong because we keep, oh, you got to vote this. You got to vote that. Again, I'm not about politics. I don't know if voting do or do not do not do what it's supposed to do. I vote. It is what it is. But what I'm saying is I haven't seen no change from the votes that I've made. I haven't seen that. What I've seen is chaos. What I've seen is is death. What I've seen is money grabs. What I've seen is is political issues. What I, I I see all of that, but I don't see no change. They're unable to break it down to the human level. That's the problem. Everybody is worried about money. Nobody like. The powers that be only are they are only concerned with money. None of it is from a human level. None of it. There's not one person that makes choices in on this earth that has broken things down. Like it it baffles me because I'm like, man, that's common sense. Why why is that even an issue? Why are y'all even arguing over that? Why is not why is that not a unanimous thing that we agree upon? They love to see our violence. They hate to see our love. They don't televise peace. And if they do, they, they, they televise it in a way that is uh, um, framed to be aggressive. When people do things out of peace... They 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 have a way of twisting it and creating a divide from it. But let it be war, let it be shootings, let it be fights, let it be um, um, protests being being uh, broken up. Let it be any type of that, and they're gonna promote, 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 promote. I learned early what propaganda was. And so. If I could say the one thing that I learned in school that has helped me the most is to identify propaganda. To know when are right, you just saying it that way to get ratings, you're just saying it that way so you can get repost in 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 views. That's not what it really is. And since we're so. How can I say since since we're so used to it, nobody, nobody says anything, even people who disagree with certain things, they'll repost, they'll say it, they'll give their opinion on it. And then even that will give that that situation millions and millions of more views that it wouldn't have got if y'all just left it alone. A lot of times, like, if you just leave shit alone, it'll end it. Just leave it alone. No one asked. No one asked you to bother that thing. 
Like the world just continues to to put their hands in in so much that doesn't concern them and wonders why and wonder why we're at where we're at. The sad part about this, this shooting the other day is that no one is surprised. Not one person is surprised, like in, in, in media, in the world, like not one person is surprised. Why? Because there's hundreds of mass shootings in America a month. There's no real uproar. It's the same. It's the same politics after every mass shooting. The same exact thing. Nothing's going to change. And that affects me because I have kids. And I live in a state where people could have guns. It's so hot out here that people be getting delusional. So I have to worry about that. When I see these things, I don't say, oh, thank God that wasn't my kid. I'm like, that could have been my child. Because one, if all these people really have mental health issues, I know that mental, it don't just, mental health don't stop you from doing Whatever you're going to do, because, oh, I know that person. Oh, that's an old person. I know how mental health works. I struggle. But everybody not struggling from mental health that do this. Some of these are tantrums. Some of these are uh, uh, bullies. Some of these are victims of bullies and schools not helping. Why? Because we're at an emotional deficit. Because why? Oh, everybody needs to get punched in the face. Oh, when I was little, the way you deal with a bully is you find a bigger bully or the way you deal with a bully is you punch him in the face. Something has to change. At some point, we have to understand that the the old way of doing it is not working. The old way of oh you you going to fight you're going to fight until I feel like you're not scared no more. No, I I will fight with my kids. You scared? All right, let's go. I don't care. I'll go to jail. I'll fuck a kid up for my kids. I do not care. So they will know as dumb as it sounds. So they'll know that no matter what. I always will stand side by side with them. I'm not forcing them to do anything. But if you want me there and this is a situation where you continue to tell someone like I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a tell the teacher once. If the teacher don't do nothing, I'm not a after that it's over. And I mean, if I if I tell my sons all the time, yo, go tell the teacher such and such did whatever. I don't care about, oh, you a snitch, you this, you that. If that teacher don't get up in your face and, and go 
Take both of y'all. See what the issue is. The next time, don't even worry about it. I'll deal with them. There's been many situations that I went up to that school because they tried to punish my kid after he told them he was being bullied and they didn't do nothing. But what we don't think about is the root of the issue. It's always it's always something else. It's never what it really is. Yeah, I blame I blame the people who shooting and bombing and, and doing that, but I also blame the people who, who could have stopped it. I also blame the people who didn't want to listen to the kid. I also want to I also blame the people who uh bullied the kid. I also want to blame the people who just didn't want to take the time to understand the kid. I don't care. That's how I feel. I'm furious that these people are 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 killers and bombers and rapists and stuff. Like I'm I'm furious about that. But why take a village to do everything but see who the motherfucker is that's crazy? Why take a village to do everything but see who the person who need help? Y'all know that boy need help. Y'all know that that woman need help. But we're at this emotional deficit where it's so normal to us. We are oblivious to life as a result to things happening to our families until they happen to our families, to our friends. We always say, oh, that couldn't be me. It couldn't be this. It couldn't be. Yes, it can 100 percent be you. And if you live long enough, it more than likely 100 percent will be you. We have to stop living in this fantasy world that. We were raised in. We have to stop living so cluelessly of what's really going on. I don't involve myself with politics, not because I think that. I don't involve myself with politics because I know the people don't care. Like the politicians, I know they don't care. I know it's about uh, I know it's about money. I know it's about um, who can debate the best, who can sound the best, um, who can who could um, make the best promises. Right. But behind closed doors, they're all the same. They've proven it since the beginning of time. So I involve myself in it because if I get emotional about it, I get frustrated. And then it's like it's, it's taking up time in my day that I could have been uh, uh, utilizing for something that had a point. I don't get involved in religious conversations because I was a person who was raised in church. I see the goods and the bad of how that affected people. But the reality is for me, since my daughter died and since um, I'm not rich and since I don't have a mansion and since um, I haven't seen my my oldest daughter. I'm, eh, is spirituality a thing? Just saying. This is the reality of, of, of how I think. It's unfortunate that I, I, I have to dim my emotions enough to see the logic and everything. Like, I, like the only time I can enjoy like my imagination is if I'm watching stuff on Netflix, Hulu, uh, Disney Plus, stuff like that. But in real life, I can't really have an imagination anymore. It sucks. 
I got to get a little bit closer to reality. Like our emotions cloud our judgment. It blinds us from the truth that, uh, uh, that keeps us in this ag aggressive mind state. Like, I, I, I can't believe that this is such a constant thing. I can't believe that uh, people are unable to to calm their emotions enough to see what's right and what's wrong and not from an opinion standpoint, but from a fact. The fact is, them kids shouldn't have died. The fact is, there's no reason why there should be these type of guns even in city limits. There's no reason. But again, I'm not into politics. I don't care. I grew up in a hood around gang members, so I know guns are a thing. But I also know that giving guns to unstable people create unstable situations. Just like giving anything to unstable people that can harm you creates unstable situations. I remember my first ticket I got. I remember my first ticket I got um, junior high school. I got jumped. I got a ticket for defending myself. Like literally had to go to court, literally got, I think I was sixth, seventh grade. Um, literally got a ticket. Like a for real, yo, this is a fine. You got to do community service. Like, and I didn't start the fight. I got jumped. So I knew early, like, this some bullshit. Having to pay a fine for defending yourself, having to do community service for defending yourself. Even today, schools say it doesn't matter. They were fighting. It doesn't matter who started. Yes, it does matter. So you intend on me to get my ass whooped. I start realizing that's how life is because. Corporate America kicks your ass with labor and little pay. If you are a renter, you get little space and have to have three to four times uh, the, uh, the rent income. If you want a car, you have very high interest rate or you have to put a crazy amount of money. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, think about that. You got to pay taxes on 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 free land. Like someone said. I own this. Think about that. Like like before houses was built or whatever. Think about the idea of someone waking up and say, this is mine. And everybody just being like, OK. I'll give you money for some of it. And again, every like y'all don't y'all don't see the weirdness in that. Again, I know we're decades and centuries into that bullshit, but really like break it down to to the reality of the situation. We're paying millions and thousands and hundreds of dollars for something that is not even theirs. I think about that. It's a piece of paper that was signed by a few motherfuckers that say we own this shit. <laughs> and everybody's like, all right, bet. 
and we follow these rules that don't make any sense and we continue to be at these deficits like we don't see the reality of the situation. I want to make the best life I can for myself. I'll be 40 in November. And I want to I want to make the best of that. I want to make the best of the rest of my life with my kids. Uh, I, I am in faith that I'll get to see them have kids and grow up and and be who they, you know, uh, if they want kids um, and grow up and do the things that they want to do. But my main goal is to put them at the starting line of life, like the real starting line. That's why. I'm very proud of Junior and his art business. I'm very proud of Twin and, and, and him wanting to, you know, build robots and create anime. I'm very proud of uh, uh, King wanting to make beats and, and be a DJ. I'm very proud of Bossy just wanting to be a gamer and actually create games. I'm proud of that because that's the sense of ownership that... I didn't have. I didn't have that example when I was little. You either gangbang or you play ball. And you hid your emotions and you hid your feelings and you stayed tough and you stayed strong. Because that's that's how it had to be. I don't want my kids if, if that's how if that's what it takes, I don't I don't want my kids to be strong. If losing who they are meant to be is the only way that they can stay strong, I don't I don't want to do that. I want them to be able to be everything that they're supposed to be without the fear of being bullied for being emotional, um, being called weak or soft for uh, for crying. Um, I want them to be able to process life in its rawest form. I want to be able to I want to be able to to create a legacy of authority of peace of love compassion I don't want them to have to walk around with so much hate so much uh uh pain confusion and chaos within them I want them to be able to process it in real time the best of their ability. I want them to be able to to pass that down. I want I I I just That's one of my goals. Is to make sure that when they grow up they know how to handle their mental issues. They're not afraid to get therapy for their mental issues. They're not uh, uh, they're not afraid to talk things out, but they're also um, not afraid to walk away from things that um, that hinder them and or attempt to go against them. I guess that's important. It's an, it's an, it's important for me uh, uh, to teach them. Not to suppress the things that are necessary for them to grow. I've experienced so much emotional and mental suppression in my life that when Kennedy passed away, that trigger released 
so much at once that my mind start glitching. Not because those things didn't happen, but because I know for a fact they did. And I thought that they were they were gone. And you never know the thing that will 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 trigger you to remember all of it. So I want them to to be able to feel what they feel and and talk if they need to talk or or do whatever, to be honest, like however they want to process it. I want them to be able to to handle it. I've been through so much and. I've handled life by acting like things didn't exist. Like I, I, I attempted to act like the pain, what it's not real. Like I'm me, I'm strong. And I've hid this, this pain for so long, but when Kennedy died, it, it opened up so much and I had to learn that it's okay. Like the pain that I have inside of me is unexplainable, not even just from Kennedy passing, but from so many things. And I've just been living. I've just been existing. Um, like it wasn't real. And it's more than real. It's more like it's more than real. Like. It's so much darkness in the world. So much. And I replay it day in and day out, whether it's situations that I've gone through, um, pain uh, that I've seen in my siblings, uh, pain that I've seen in my friends, co-workers. I've seen so much. It's like every time I find light, darkness reappears. And in doing so, I don't quit. I don't complain. I know no matter how much darkness attempts to cover my journey. Light is always there and I'm going to always find a way to get to it. What's going on, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com to support Infinitely Complex Productions. All proceeds go to bettering the business, getting more equipment, doing what I need to do to um, make the vision very clear. Um, if you want to donate to the podcast in general, you can go on the Good Pods app. There's a tip chart there, or you can go on the Twitter's um Poetic Properties page. There's also a tip jar there. Any donations are appreciated. I love you all. I thank you for any support that you are giving. Please like, share, um, subscribe to my, my YouTube, share the podcast with your family, friends who you think it may help. Again, I love you guys. Appreciate the support. I hope you tune in uh, next week as well. It's all love. Peace.